If you're here tonight and you don't think you're blessed, then uh, you're not thinking clearly. And uh, we have all kinds of reasons to praise the Lord, and I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. If you would, take your Bibles and go with me tonight to James chapter number 3. It's the tongue part 2. Uh, James chapter number 3 is continuing to deal with the nature of the tongue. As a matter of fact, all through the book of James, every chapter, there's issues with dealing with our mouths. And you know, we've got to learn early in life to let the Lord uh, have reign over our mouths, over our words. And uh, we talked last week about the tongue, the matter that the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. It does big work to be such a little part of our body. And it's likened unto uh, the rudder on a ship that turns the rudder, on, that turns the ship. It's likened to a fire, a little thing that kindles great big things. And uh, it's a fascinating story and fascinating study here as we look at the mouth. And we've got to be careful about our words. Uh, someone said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. There's never been a falser statement said because your words are something that have a piercing effect in the hearts and lives of the people around you. And your words can be used as a tool for the good or a tool for the bad. And God has given us our words and we're to watch our mouths. I remember one time I told a bunch of kids, watch your mouth. And the little smart elk went try to see if he could see his mouth somehow. You know what I mean. Watch your mouth. And we need to be careful about our tongues, especially as God's people. God's given us a tool. Uh, it's fascinating to see this church is being built and folks being saved. That's the byproduct of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being preached with the mouths of the preachers. <laughs> but the same mouths that preach the gospel can be used of the devil to destroy and hurt people. And I want to watch my mouth. And I need the Lord's help to watch my mouth. And we're going to look together at some things that I hope will help you. We'll talk about our tongue tonight. And we'll begin our reading in verse number 7. Verse number 7. The Bible says, Every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? either of vine, figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And we'll conclude our reading there because we talk about the tongue. We'll cover three things in the short amount of time that we have. The first thing is this, the number one, untamable nature of our tongues. Now, here's something that we've got to be careful about. You see, we can tell folks to watch their mouths and we should be aware of what's coming out of our mouths and it should convict us the fact that our mouths are saying bad things because it is a byproduct of what's in our hearts. Now, the Bible says something about our tongue that is very interesting. 
In our own strength, our tongues are untamable. You see, folks, so many times we try to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, and we just can't. We need the Lord. You need Jesus Christ in your heart and life to provide for you a heavenly home. You also need the Lord Jesus Christ and the active working of the Holy Spirit in you to keep you from sin. You cannot in your own strength manage your mouth. Try as you may, the Bible says that your tongue is untamable. Here's what it says. Every kind of beast, of birds and of serpents, of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. I really like that verse because I like critters. Uh, I like critters. I like dogs and I like uh, goats and sheep and cows and horses and critters. I love critters. Uh, I think they're just fantastic. And something I really love about critters is when you've trained a critter to do something, a great job. And the Bible says every kind of beast has been, tra- has been tamed of man. I'm thinking about dogs first because I just happened to look back there at Jerry. And I remember the first time uh, Jerry had a, a working sheep dog. I'll never forget. I think his name was Roy. Uh, that was a long time ago. And uh, Roy's probably since departed this world. But Roy was an amazing dog. I mean, he was amazing. I never forget the first time Jerry was out playing with his new toy. I mean, working that dog. Uh, and uh, he sent that dog around a big herd of sheep. And the next thing you know, he'd use that dog to bring a whole herd of sheep through one small gate and not just in a corner. It blew my mind. I was amazed by it. And, you know, men have tamed all kinds of critters. And here in this, in this text, it's something fun to think about. This was written by the brother of Jesus. So this is written more than 2,000 years ago. And James has given testimony that men have tamed all kinds of beasts. He says, here's just a few examples. He says, men at this moment 2,000 years ago have, have tamed birds. I don't know what bird he's talking about, but you know there's some interesting things. If you ever study or see videos on falconry, it's amazing what they train these falcons to do. It's awesome. Uh, they teach uh, parakeets to say Polly wants a cracker. and They've trained these uh, birds, you know. And men have the ability to tame birds, serpents. I'm not sure exactly how you train a serpent, but uh, maybe you blow the whistle and the little thing comes out of the out of the hat but the bible says here at this time they were training serpents to do things men were training serpents to uh and taming them the bible says again it talks about more things every kind of beast birds serpents things of the sea now that one's kind of fun to think about i don't know exactly what they had trained on the sea but maybe they were working with a dolphin or a a, a killer whale or uh, some type of uh a sea lion or something. But uh, they were men back at Jesus' time training these sea creatures to do what they want them to do. We've tamed beasts, birds, serpents, things of the sea. Man has tamed every kind of beast. But the Bible says in verse number 8, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now, lest you get to the place where you've puffed your chest out and said, I got mine under control, (laughs) just by acknowledging that you've got yours under control, you just proved you have no control over your mouth. 
Some people have mouths that are out of control, and we hear it because we want to plug our ears because of the filth that comes out of their mouths. Other people have their mouths out of control because they're so full of themselves that they can't help but brag about how awesome they are, and both is a sin. You see, a pride and arrogant, a proud and arrogant mouth is an abomination of the Lord, just like a cursing and vile mouth is. The Bible says you can't tame your mouth. And my first reaction is, yeah, I've not said a cuss word in a long time. But then I'm reminded that I've got to keep my words and my mouth under the control of the Spirit of God. And daily I must submit my ways and my words to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you given your words to the Lord today? Oh, we need to submit our words to the Lord because, number one, there's an untamable nature about our tongues. The Bible says, now look, you may think that you've got control over your tongue, but the Bible says no man has been able to tame the tongue. And it's evidence that we all need the Lord. Number one, the untamable nature of your tongue. Number two, let's look at this, the double-minded nature of your tongue. Now, if you're honest with yourself, this right here will convict you of your sin. Look what the Bible says in verse number nine. Therewith bless we God, our tongues. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. Oh, it's good. Isn't it great when you hear somebody bless the Lord with their mouths? And we should. We should praise the Lord with our mouths and with our tongues. We should say things that are pleasing to the Lord with our tongues. But you know what happens? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. It is so possible to sit in a church service and you might be a soft amener and soft praiser or a loud praiser, whichever one's fine with me as long as it's spirit-led. But you praise the Lord with your mouth and in your conversation with certain people. But we leave here or we have a conversation in the lobby and the words we use are slanderous towards someone else or faithless toward the circumstances of life. The words we use are condescending and unkind and critical. It's amazing, but it happens to all of us at some point in time. For the words of our mouth are praise one minute and defiling the next. Now listen, it's going to happen. It does happen, but we should never be okay with it. You should never get to the place where you just excuse yourself because that's just the way I am. And I'm not talking to one or two or three people. I'm talking to everybody. We should never excuse ourselves or the double-minded nature of our tongues. Do you know that no one has ever cursed on accident? How many of you have ever had this situation? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I promise. And everybody said, thank you, preacher. Have you ever had a moment where in the heat of the moment you slipped and oops, there it went. Right out of your mouth. The story I like to tell my mom, but I'm not going to tell it today. You can ask me about it sometime. I'd love to share it with you. And since she's not here, you know. 
You know that no one has ever accidentally said a curse word. You see, because the filth that comes out of our mouth is the byproduct of the stuff that we allow to take residence in our hearts. It'd be like me saying, you know, the other day I was driving down the road and this guy pulled out in front of me and it just made me so mad that I said French words. I spoke to the man in French. And then we're at the house the other night and the boys did something they shouldn't do and I got upset and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Spanish. And then Ruth, she got out of line, made me mad. Next thing you know, Portuguese. It was amazing. You don't accidentally speak a foreign language. You know why? Because you don't know the foreign language. Things that are in our heart come out of our mouths. We've got to be careful. Now, we should all be aware of the fact that our tongues have a double-minded nature because our hearts have a double-minded nature. And the Bible gives us some insight into that. The Bible says in verse number 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. I want to ask you a question. If your so-called friends knew everything you've said about them behind their backs, how many friends would you have? We are so bad to talk to somebody in their face and genuinely befriend them. But the first chance we get behind their backs, we're like, I'll tell you what, if I was them, this is what I'd do. Here's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be the kind of person that if there's a situation where if I was you, I would do this, it's not going to be said to somebody else and left for you to guess. I'm going to come straight to you and say, hey, listen, man, I'm your friend. Faith of the wounds of the friend. If I were you, here's what I'd do. But if you've got this nature, you've got everybody's problem solved, and you, all you can think about is getting to the person that's not that person and tell them, I'll tell you what, if Joe Schmo would do this, it would make a big difference in their life. But you don't have the courage to face them and tell them, you're no friend at all. And let me tell you something, out of your mouth, you bless God. And out of your mouth, the same mouth, you curse men. Shame on you. Shame on you. And shame on me. You see, the Bible says your tongue is an unruly evil. You see, it's untamable. It's the nature of our tongue. It's double-minded. Look what else it says. Verse number 11. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree... My brethren, bear olive berries. The answer is no. Either vine, vine figs. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Now, let me tell you something. With the Lord's help, our words can be very, very helpful. There's no doubt about it. And this is not saying that if you've fallen into the trap talking behind people's back or running your mouth like a fool that you can never use your mouth again to praise the Lord don't get that idea at all the emphasis is on the fountain of water let's talk about the fountain of water for a minute you see 
in a lot of circumstances, water is really, really good. There are other circumstances where water is really, really bad. We just came through a historical cold front around Christmas time around here. And for lots of people, water became a really bad thing. It happened down at our high school. The water lines froze in the sprinkler system, and everybody's gone on vacation. And fortunately, on Christmas morning, one of the custodians rides past Chai High School and notices a river of water flowing down the front steps out of the middle school. Water, my friend, was not a friend at all. It made a mess. We had one water line break at the ministry center, and we praised the Lord. The water line broke, but it ran into a place where we have drains in the floors, no damage. We fixed it, no problem. Praise the Lord. But water can be bad. Hey, what happens if you get in water over your head and you can't swim? You just take one big drink of water and everything's good. No, not at all. You see, water drowns people. Water floods things. Water damages things water out of control can be devastating but yet the very same thing that can be so devastating is absolutely necessary to sustain our lives one thing that's been breaking my heart about brother peters he's not going to have a drink of water oh it's awful he'd yearn this moment you could Ask him, would you like to have $1,000 or a drink of water? And there's no doubt what he'd want, a drink of water. Why? Because water is so necessary. And the water on your yard makes the grass green. And water in your washing machine makes the clothes clean. And water in the swimming pool is refreshing in the summer. And water in a glass is absolutely necessary to sustain life. And the Bible says that your words are like a fountain. They're like a fountain. And the words of your mouth can be used to be a blessing. They can be used as a curse. I don't know about you, but there's lots of potential for a tongue that is submitted to the will of God. Will you ask yourself this question? How am I doing with my mouth? How am I doing my words? Are my words words that edify? Are my words words that encourage? Are my words words that are helping my family? Helping my workplace? Helping the cause of Christ? Or are my words words that are doing great damage, a flood of decay in a place that God wants to use me? the tongue it has an untamable nature it's often double minded but it has great potential for good I pray we'll just learn and ask the Lord to help us with the matter of our tongue let's pray